This is Connor Crace, and you're listening to Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring. Why text me for name ideas if you're not going to listen? But she's talking to some pretty cool people from the romance audiobook community, so stick around for more than one eargasm. I mean, come on. You deserve it. My guests for today's episode of Multiple Eargasms are the wildly popular and accomplished narrators Teddy Hamilton and Emma Wilder. Teddy has narrated around 450 audiobooks, and Emma has done around 220. When we recorded this chat, I had only listened to about half of the funny business audio, and now that I've listened to the whole thing, I am gobsmacked, you guys. It is positively outstanding, and I need to mention here that Emma Wilder totally knocked it out of the park as Frankie Hogan. Uh, This girl can sing. I had no idea when I was writing the book that she was actually a good singer, but she sounds amazing. The audiobook releases on Audible on August 5th, 2021. Uh, This chat went longer than planned, and we're actually going to be adding an outtake from the beginning of my Zoom chat with Teddy to an episode with Mackenzie Cartwright later on, uh, because Teddy got onto our Zoom meeting early, and we talked for about 10 minutes before Emma came on. And I want you to hear what we talked about. So not long into this episode, Teddy starts having some technical difficulties. So he disappears for a few minutes, but fear not, he gets back on and it's really cute. Uh, I know you will love hearing Teddy and Emma together as much as I did. And you'll be hearing an exclusive clip from Funny Business at the end of the episode. This episode of Multiple Eargasms is sponsored by Danielle Lanzarata, author of Life Interrupted. Filled with drama, humor, and romance, this is a story of love that may not have happened without tragedy. Disclaimer, it has been known to cause virtual lady blue balls. The audiobook for Life Interrupted is coming soon. Narrated by Marley Watson and some guy named Connor Crace who can't possibly cause lady blue balls, but maybe you will in this book. Who knows? I'm so happy to have you guys on the first episode of Multiple Eargasms because uh, think of all the eargasms you've given listeners over the years, both separately (laughs) and together. So welcome, Teddy and Emma. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Keep them coming. I guess we got to deliver now. Yeah, well, I mean, what? It's a special trade we play. Yeah, it is. And we'll, we'll discuss that. And so you guys are really good friends in real life, right? Which is, which is one of the reasons I wrote Funny Business for the two of you. <laughs> did, you just, did you just get to know each other from like being paired up in audiobooks a lot? Or did you meet at a narrator event or something? Yeah. What do you think? You go first. Like the first time that we like hung. Oh, You're cutting Lord. in and out for me. Yeah, me Can, too. Okay. Tell He's like actually gone now. <laughs> He's like, we're not friends. So not- fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is so <laughs> awkward. Should I ask another question? <laughs> unstable, it just said. It was fine before. Uh oh. It was. Can you it, hear me? Yeah. This is better. It's, it's a little t- talk. Let's see. So, well, I was going to say the first the first time that we like hung out, hung out was at that party in like Hollywood or wherever that was. 
when you came out to California. With my then boyfriend? With your then boyfriend. I remember that being a big hand. Had we, when, 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 (laughs) (laughs) cutting out again, but it's so musical. Yeah, Yeah. it's, it's very bluesy. (laughs) It's like twangy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, should we wait? Should I just talk or should we wait for him to sort this out? I mean, why don't you talk? Because I feel like you probably have a better handle on things anyway. <laughs> so so I think, yeah, I, like I'm sure that we'd met before that. So every year there's like a big narrator conference or in the before times there used to be. The APA uh, thing. Yeah, APAC. Yeah, okay, the, associ- right. the Audiobook Publishers Association Conference, yeah. um, which isn't really for narrators, but then let us go if we pay them money. Um, so... <laughs> That's where we would have met and hung out for a few years. And yeah, I mean, we we hadn't, we definitely became friends like in real life before we worked together super often. Oh, you did? I okay. think. Yeah. Like, and then, it, was it also before you both started doing romance? Like you knew each other? No, because I think we both, there was no like gap between <laughs> starting to do audiobooks and starting to do romance really. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. It was just like doing it all. Um, so, so no, I think, yeah, I think we m- maybe became better friends in real life first, but then obviously uh, interacting a lot over doing books together is a great way to get to know somebody up close and personal. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, have you guys ever, have you done much duet before? No, not really. I mean, we've done stuff together in Aaron Mallon's audio drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Walls Can Talk and These yeah. Walls Can Talk dose or two or part to whatever um but no we haven't gotten i haven't gotten to do a lot of duet stuff period like i've done lauren blakely's multicasts yeah. and uh erin mellon stuff but no i ha- i would love to do more i love it um yeah well me too so i i just started listening to um the final files last night for funny business oh, yeah. and you would not I mean, it actually sounds like everyone's in a room talking together. Like Danny is just an incredible editor and it's just seamless. Yeah. And so absolutely every audiobook I do from now on is going to be duet. Like it's just. Oh, good. Yeah. Just I, I listened to some of them too, because I have access to the Dropbox and I just wanted to play. Oh, really? I didn't know. I'm so, <laughs> no, I'm so glad you can hear it. Did you hear the um, the opening credits? No, I did. Okay, I just you sort of have to you have around. to listen listen to the opening credits because it's the okay. most thrilling twenty seconds I have ever <laughs> heard, and it's just it's going to be an amazing teaser because I had all of you say your own names, and then there's like a really fun little musical thing underscoring oh, it, and it's just it's just like bam, it's this person and this person and this person. It's just <laughs> it's so like exciting. Jump cuts between sort of like big effects. Well, well yeah yeah helicopters of course um because yeah. you're because you're all billionaires <laughs> parachuting in um yeah yeah that is funny i think that listeners think that this job is a f- fancy job <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> well because you're again everyone's a billionaire in romance so. right oh, man yeah. i've been muted this whole time did you not know that <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought we were waiting for you to fix me too. Like, I'm like, I'm difficulties. Were you talking no, about I also kept trying to like insert myself in that last conversation, and I, and you guys were just bowling over me, and I was like, kind of like our email conversation last night, where it's just Emma and I chatting back and forth, and Teddy I saw them. I agree. You should turn that email exchange into a into a book in and of itself but yeah. i can't believe you were just that was like so a couple sad. minutes, I know, <laughs> was like five minutes. No, but at one point at one point and it was only once once i finally started being like all right i'm gonna put a stop to this and i was like hey hey you guys you guys and then i was like oh they can't hear me at all <laughs> and i looked and i was like oh i'm muted the opposite of a sausage party over here yeah well what um, did you say yeah <laughs> just, tell us i was in. gonna say that that's one of the great things about me and me and uh emma being friends <laughs> and, uh, what the hell is her name emma um being such good friends is that uh i like i know her i hear her voice in my head i told yeah. her this we texted at one point and i was like i'm having a lot of fun because i'd like like she absolutely wrote this part for you. Yeah. Like that's what I thought in my, I, while I was reading it. Cause I was just like, man, all I, all I see is Emma. All I hear is Emma in this. So then it was fun because that meant that I could, <laughs> but also like I could send, I could send my energy on the line out into the void and know what she was going to do with it. So that then, yeah. and then know how she was going to send it back to me so that I could, you know, catch it. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it really listening to it, it, you really, really think that you guys are just there together. It's so it's magical. I mean, it really, you, really is. We did make we did make jokes together because we were texting while this was going on. You know, we were like, talking I love that. That's what was going on. <laughs> and we were making fun of the fact that, like, you kept giving her all of these uh, impersonations. Yeah, <laughs> you, you put me through the ringer, man. So, yeah. So this was. Like, so Teddy's actually, this was like your 10th audiobook of mine, Teddy. I don't yes. know if you realize that. So it's like started with Come Back to Bad in the spring of yeah, yeah, I remember 2019. That. Um, you had, to, and you had then, to continue to chase me down to 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 give me money. <laughs> Teddy, Teddy Hamilton is such a dick. And I had to literally, I had to constantly email and beg him to invoice me so that I could yeah, pay good him. Good so, luck. Good luck so with that. elusive. But, um, and then Emma is just like one of, oh, so, but to also in, in Teddy's um, defense. So then he started doing this thing where Teddy, you would just like make me burst into tears by saying the sweetest things in like every tiny little email or message to me. And, and you would like, oh, yeah, drop, yeah, you yeah. drop a nice guy bomb on me and then just disappear again into the ether. Classic and then, manipulator technique, right? Yeah, that's nice, what it is, Nice and then right? fade away. Yeah. And then Emma's just one of those people that you like instantly want to be BFFs with. And I, I sort of recognized you a while ago as, as kind of a kindred spirit personality wise in certain ways on Facebook. And a then goofball. Um, <laughs> a, a goofball and just a little bit sassy. And, um, and then as soon as you and I started emailing about funny business, um, when I just started working on the manuscript, you were so hilarious and like so open. And literally every email you've written has been a brilliant, funny, and I actually, I mean, I would love it if we could give people a taste of our exchanges, but I just, I just want to say to poor Emma, like, this is her first ever Kaylee Laurie book. And I, like, I threw everything at her. Yeah. I was like, you're drunk, you're hungover, you're doing an Australian <laughs> accent, you're doing stand up. 
You're playing the ukulele right. and singing and doing a bunch of impressions. Impressions. <laughs> impressions of some people who are like like the the middle person. Like I don't know if you want to spoil it, but the middle person you had me do an impression of, like, I didn't know what to hang on to there. <laughs> like, well, like those weren't easy. You made it. I'm not good. Work. Well, no, but you are. I mean, I think that for all of it, really, it's just sort of the energy that you guys had that going for it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, it yeah. didn't really even matter what it, I'd actually written. But let's just do you have the emails in front yeah. of you? Emma? I mean, we just ha just like the little taste from last night, which I will I'll read my thing to set you up. And because I just uh, so I'll just so I said, I know Jock asked you to strum your uke for us, Emma, which sounds so dirty. Yay. And I mean, you don't have to, but it would be so awesome if you do. <laughs> I think I said, let, let me find it. Jock is wild. Oh, yeah. Jock is wildly overestimating my ukulele playing skills. Truth, but I will bring it into the booth. And I did. I have a lot more experience strumming my uke than I do strumming my uke, if you know what I mean. But that's a joke that's probably not appropriate for any podcast. Insert gif of Harry Styles saying, this is a family show. Or is it? <laughs> uh, you can tell any joke and strum both of your ukes on multiple orgasms, honey. You can do all of the above at the same time. I'm not classy. Ah, I mean, this uke is vintage. It's had some repair work done after my ex-boyfriend did a number on it. It's a little dried out, and I should probably take better care of it rather than just leaving it lying around where my cats could jump on it. The jokes write themselves. <laughs> you want to leave out the other thing? Okay, I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, everyone. Thanks well for done. coming. Keep your way. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitress. Um, so anyways, so that's that. So do you want to, let's just get the gushy, funny business stuff over with because I have a lot of gushing to do over your performances. Like I said, I've only listened to half of the, the audiobook. Right. So we could far. still let you down. Leave room for us to <laughs> screw you up. <laughs> just, screw everything up. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Just, um, but like, seriously, your, your performances, like, it's just, it's hilarious and lovable and you're so hot together. And I'm guessing it, it Aww. wasn't easy for you, which we can talk about, but I just want to know, was Funny Business the first romance either of you have read that involved sharding? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think Yay. maybe you should clarify that that's not neither uh, of your meant to be titillating. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, no judgment, because I, I try to make all bodily functions funny, sexy, and sweet, even the accidental right. ones. So right. you know, some people are into that sort of thing. I think there, I'm sure there are books. There's an audience out there. Yes, exactly. Because I, in the, in the Name and Lights series, which was uh, Sleeper Charmer and Troublemaker, I, there were a lot of fart jokes. And I was like, how can I level up? Because it's a spinoff. And <laughs> sure. so I was like, well. How can I? Add gas to this. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Oh, <laughs> so so both of you play stand-up comics in Funny Business, and I had never written 
stand-up bits before, despite having hung out with many stand-up comedians and dating one or two of them in my early years in Los Angeles. For better or worse, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely worse. Um, But it's it's so... (laughs) and drinking. There, well, yeah, there's a, a lot of drinking and it's like, you know, when you meet one comedian, you meet all the comedians in town right. because they're always hanging out with their friends. And it was, you know, and I always wanted to to write about comedians. And of course, you know, in a, in a romantic, in a steamy romantic comedy that you're writing for a romance audience, you can't actually get into the, tr- the real nitty gritty truth about <laughs> what comedians are like because nobody wants to read about depressed people right. who are depressed yeah. navel gazing so, jerks who treat other know, people badly but hate themselves the most <laughs> well said as always well, well said <laughs> yeah, i used to do i used to do stand up for yeah. a brief period of time and there was always this sort of waiting room area before you went on stage yeah. where you would like hang out mm-hmm. with all the other comics who were going to be going up and that was always the most uncomfortable place to be Oh, really? Because it was a combination of either like comedians, like essentially just like practicing their bits on you. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? I'm trying to go through my own bits or just like totally locked into their own little world or just be like, this fucking audience, man, they're just like fucking whatever. Like being like weirdly (laughs) aggressive towards each other. It's It's the worst green room ever. Oh, that's really horrible. (laughs) That's really interesting to me because what I noticed, like just hanging out with them, like, I mean, obviously I was never in that waiting area, but what was fascinating to me was um, they're all so, all these guys, they're all so supportive of each other career-wise. Like they'll always, everybody, everybody's couch surfing because, you know, they're, they're traveling all the time and everybody lives all over the place. And so everybody always has a couch available for their traveling companions. Yeah. But they were also the biggest cock blockers I have ever met. It's like sociologically as a group, every single one of them. Like I would, I, w- I was on a day date with one guy who, and his roommate, who was also a comedian, showed up and sat down with us and literally asked me to hang out with him during the date with his best friend. <laughs> that has never happened to me before. It was so bold. Incredible. Yeah. It was pretty ballsy. But anyways, um, so what I'm getting at is it's really fucking hard to write stand-up. And I really struggled with finding a stand-up voice for Owen in the prologue. So I decided to just lampshade the not great jokes. And I was planning on sending you an apology message, Teddy, but I never got around to it. But <laughs> but the way you performed it, it was still, it was so entertaining because you had that stand-up energy. And it turns out that's all it really needed. And you just like, you totally nailed the tone of the prologue, both of you. Um, just because uh, Emma's character's heckling Teddy's yeah, yeah. when he's on stage. And, and it was just like so essential for setting up the whole book, especially especially once you start interacting with uh, with Frankie in the audience. It's just, it's so great. I mean, the Frankie stuff was a lot easier for me to write, but... Um, Why do you think that was? <laughs> because it's a lot of it was kind of like my journal. Like, I'm not, I'm not as uh cynical as frankie is but it's very easy for me to to write that character i I guess at certain points in my life i have been yeah that That cynical um and because i think that frankie is kind of like an interesting like marriage of kind of me and like my perception of you emma and 
yeah. I don't know, Janine Garofalo or something. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of comedian female comedians out there kind of have that uh, kind of wry sense of humor. And you have to because oh my god, well, it's, it's like a really hard. Exactly, yeah. it's such a hard job for for yeah. women, and it's it's something I touched on just a little bit in the book. But um, and oh, the other thing is, so I wrote <laughs> I wrote these like joke songs for Emma to sing in the book, and she just did the best ballsiest thing she emailed me to ask if I would record voice memos <laughs> of the song lyrics that I had written for her which I was not expecting because and because they're like in the vein of certain existing songs but the lyrics didn't match up with the melody of the original songs perfectly which I I thought I was doing a good thing because of copyright issues and then eventually um jock said you know they're if they're parody songs and if it's strictly done for the sake of humor and you're not like specifically making money off of off of the, off of the songs, songs yeah, yeah then it's okay and so by the end of it then uh, then it kind of matched up better but emma was like so could you just do this and i have an idea <laughs> well, of what you had in your head and, and I, just... I hate i hate you don't understand how much i hate the sound <laughs> my recorded voice especially singing but like i got the email first thing in the morning and so i just i just fucking did it because i love you did great Stop you it. did so great like, but, faker voices when she said uh, that's how no you no it was great but really i was i wasn't just asking you because i wanted us to share the humiliation although that's a bonus. <laughs> mostly i just didn't want to fuck it up because i felt like it could go a couple do you know like i wanted to make sure yeah. i knew what you were going for so that at least i could base it on that yeah, and yeah. not let you down that's most of the the life of an audiobook narrator is am i fucking this up right. am i fucking this up am i am i like basically taking all the work they put into this and just yeah. <laughs> crumpling it up and putting it in the trash yeah like am i wasting their hard-earned money with my poor comprehension of their intentions yeah i'm pretty so, no, sure I just... the answer is always no to that but like for me i, I so. mean especially since i you know i i was kind of trained to write for actors and that and I just I totally I mean I cast you guys for a reason and I totally trust the way that you're going to perform it and I, I absolutely have your voices in my head when I'm writing it but it's always uh, a surprising delight to hear what you guys come up with um once there's I actually a, hear the final final files yeah there's a thing that that <clears throat> narrators we talk to each other about and we'll talk to each other about flow don't tell her secrets no i'm gonna tell her secrets <laughs> no, I'm gonna tell her secrets um we talk about we talk about like flow and like in like yeah. there's there's some writing that like oh, yeah, yeah. when this you read really a book cool. it would make perfect sense if you were to read it just like in your head if you were sitting down in a quiet under a tree reading a book yes. it would all make sense all but if you books. had to but if you had to read it out loud you would come up to all of these like sort of choppy starts and stops that are like actually right. hard to to perform yeah and of the 10 books of yours that i have been <laughs> part of, um, uh, the luring oeuvre. That, yeah the luring oeuvre has has a really nice flow you always all of your your writing feel it makes sense that you write for actors that you <clears> have experience <throat> with that because it it's so it's such a joy to do that then when it's yeah. when when it just flows naturally because then you, you're not you're not having to try and Rest, sort of drag yeah, you're yourself not like wrestling it out of yourself yeah 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 you can you can just let it let it flow freely like a shark like a oh honey 
<laughs> and by the way, one of my favorite things so far that is just Emma is the way you said shark farts. <laughs> what, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that. But I do. Yeah, yeah. Shark farts and fart nugget. It was... Yeah. Well, she's just trying to. She's trying to switch switch gears midstream, right? There's like, because there's a little boy in the room, and so she's. Yeah. Just... <laughs> It's so brilliant. Yeah, so shark, yeah, sharks and farting is actually kind of a, a recurring theme. <laughs> and ninjas and mm -hmm. super sexy stuff. Cheese. Um, yeah. And cheese. But by the way, so like one day when I'm a billionaire, I definitely want to do a multicast in studio recording thing when people are doing that again. So we can like That'd all be, awesome. be together in a room with when you're a billionaire, I can't believe you're going to pay us a million dollars each to be a part of it. Yeah, that's I, what she said. Well, that's like what I heard I her said, say. You're said. worth it. And I, I write I write for actors. I live for actors. I make money so that I can pay actors. So so keep an eye an ear out for that in like five to 50 years, you guys. It's going to happen. <laughs> if anyone wants to hear us having sex in 50 years, I'll consider it a win. <laughs> Well, the listeners are aging along with us, so. True, true. Um, yeah, no, in, in the room is the most fun, but this was easy because <clears throat> we have such a strong relationship already. Yeah, so, but is it is it to... different when you're recording duet and you're not like Zooming? You do you use a clicker thing or something, right? Or do you snap? Or I don't, I just don't. say no, that line and then read it with my eyes until I get to my next line and then oh, I save okay. that line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, what you do too, Teddy? You're talking about you're talking about when I'm just by myself here? Yeah, oh, you recorded recording this duets one. by yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just read I'll read my line out loud and then I'll see what Oh, what what's next? My, my lines and all. Okay. But I don't cuz cuz <laughs> the clicker doesn't really do anything for the editor. You know, it the shows editor, them where the break speak. is, but a big pause does the same thing. Yeah, the big pause does the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. um, uh, but, but I don't do it. Oh, you go. No, you go. Oh, no, no, that that really we were talking about the Connor Connor. Uh, Connor Trace. It's Crace? Trace rhymes with case. Yep. Okay. Connor Trace had you had me do an impersonation of him. Yeah, of and Barry Weiner. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I'd never heard him before i haven't worked with him before and so i was like oh who is he so then luckily we, because we had the, the dropbox um, shared i like went and listened to a bunch of his his clips and, like, oh so you can hear each other's dropbox because i thought if maybe you guys um creeping on him send, yeah and you have to send so no. so so emma it was just you... a big shared folder yeah Oh, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. So did you hear his Australian accent when he was doing Uncle Hottie? Uh, yeah. yeah, I did. And I next, did. That was, at some point I was like, oh, God, do I need to be doing an Australian accent? That was a different character. Was yeah. Yeah. I did. I listened to a little bit of it. Yeah, it sounds good. I think I went harder on it for my mom because I, I thought it was funny. I can't imagine how much I love donna hogan like i sort of wish <laughs> donna had... hogan loves her own sense of humor she, she just I gets such that. a kick out of herself that's what i loved about your performances that you could tell <laughs> that she thought she was hilarious when she was yeah. pitching jokes to her comedian daughter <laughs> she <laughs> so was just cute. delighted with her own ideas oh, yeah which was so... my favorite <clears throat> i mean it's such a great accent i had originally told you emma that i was gonna do new zealand and then i decided to add Connor and have him be the uncle and he he's never done New Zealand but he had done Australian so I, I decided to make 
I like to make things hard for Connor Crace just in general in life, but for <laughs> this particular thing, because he was squeezing in this project, I was like, okay, you're Australian. So, but <laughs> it's not, it's not that different, is it? I mean, I know that, I know that Australians no. hate it when, when they, when you say Some that of them New sound, Zealand is the same. No, because as... I've like listened to a ton of both of them. And so oh. the, the, the main difference, right, is that in Australia, the ear sound goes to E like fish. And in New Zealand, yes. the ear sound goes to uh, like fish. And then <laughs> eh, like for deck goes to dick in New Zealand. And it kind of sometimes does in oh. Australia too. But there are people in both of those countries who sound the same. It's just like right. when you get extreme, it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah. not now, now I'm just different. mad I didn't make a deck, deck, a deck. joke. <laughs> a deck. I'll save that for the next one. Um, so, but when you when you are working on accents, do you what is your resource? Because like when I'm writing it, I'll just go to, to to YouTube. But do you have some special voice actor resources or something? Yeah, I mean it. It depends what they are. Like I have books, right? So like when I was in school, I learned the International Phonetic Alphabet, which is like all the sounds that you can write out. <gasps> like the okay. you, you can write out. Eh, and it's clear that it's e or eh, you know, right. like, okay. um, and so I learned sort of how to hear and write down what accents are. And then if it's really hard or I have to do a ton of it, I'll work with a dialect coach for a session. Oh. I also just like watch a lot of TV. Like I just did three back-to-back -back all New Zealand books in a row for totally different people. And so every oh, wow. night I would just watch an episode of um, Broken Wood, which is this like, not it. It's not like a cozy mystery series. There's like actual murders and a lot of blood, but it's like a long running, you know, lady cop and guy cop team solve murders in tiny town kind okay. of thing. So, so not, I just like not Flight of the Concords, because that's what I no, was gonna watch. No. I did start out I did start out, but Flight of the Concords is sort of a good example because like um they sound different, right? Like Brett sounds more uh Brit. yeah. Brit um sounds like tighter and a little more almost like closer to British. Oh, um, yeah. Jermaine. Jermaine. Jermaine, who I think, I think actually might um, be part Maori, which is a different complicated oh, yeah. thing about New Zealand is that a lot of the people who live there are Maori and um, Maori words are really built into the language. But of course, so white people um, who are Pakeha people pronounce Maori words different than Maori people do just like People in Texas on the border, you know, don't say like, oh, I'm going down to get quesadillas. You know, like there's like a, <laughs> a white person pronunciation of those words. And so it's all pretty delicate and you don't want to stomp all over it. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to yeah. get it right. When, But yeah, I like digging into that stuff. I'm a nerd. Like I yeah, did really well in school. And that's like the <laughs> academic it avenue shows. in audiobooks that I can like dive into. Yeah. Well, I, I love how respectful. I didn't, I didn't do well in school. Well, <laughs> Is that I, true? Also, well, no, yeah, I was terrible at school. I mean, I passed, I graduated, um, but like did go in, to college, in college, I was definitely one of the people who was like, D is for a diploma. Um, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I need a TO for a second. What, uh -huh. are, what are you talking about? <laughs> D is for a diploma. If you get a D. Oh, oh like anywhere. if you got a D? If you got a D in a class, it still counted as credit towards the towards the course. 
Right on, oh. dude. If you got I an F and you didn't. I got a C plus one time in a class and it really pulled down my GPA. So I only That's got very upsetting. I only got some that come loud. <laughs> the other thing is that you're like my <laughs> my sister, my sister was like the person who it shocked me when I found out that she cried because she got an A minus in one of her classes. Oh class. my goodness. And I was like, Bleh. I feel it. That would hurt. What, so were you I, like a I party dude? I got my first C in middle school. So like that was an early time for me to go, oh, okay. It gets, and life goes on. Uh, <laughs> that is so I was, inspiring. Well, I just never, I knew I, I, the other thing is that I also got my first agent when I was 11 and I like booked yeah. my first TV show at got 11. It. So like I had a different path. So, know? but, yep. so did you have tutors on set? Yeah, I had tutors on set all the time. Okay. So you, it was kind of like homeschooling. Yeah, sort of, I guess. I mean, like I wasn't on set all the time, right. but it was just that days. I had, yeah. but I, and I, it was just that all I, all it was, was it was like, I went on auditions like twice a week and that was, I lived in Whittier, which was, you know, sort of an hour outside of the main Hollywood area. Yeah. And so I would be somebody who right after school, I'd be like rushing out to get him my grandpa's car who would then drive me to East LA where my mom was just getting off of work as a teacher so that then she could drive me from East LA to do oh the audition in Santa Monica or something like that. And would you, would you let your kids do that? I mean, let, of course, but would you ever encourage your kids to do that? I mean, I, it was fine. It was fine for me. For I didn't have any yeah. problem with it. Um, like there's one time and I always, I would tell it to my mom when on Halloween, they had an audition on Halloween day and I had a cool costume as Scorpion from Mortal Kombat and my mom had made it for me. And then it ended up being a cattle call that went for like deep into the night so that we weren't even done until like six and then driving home from that to try and get home to catch any kind of trick or treating. treating, It took like two hours or like something long. There's like crazy traffic that day because it was probably because it was Halloween. And so then like by the time I got home, it was like it was like eight thirty or nine and like nobody was trick or treating anymore. Uh, I was I was, I was traumatized by that. <laughs> totally. You should have you should have the Mortal Kombat finish him. Yeah, finish him. <laughs> but like so like there's those kinds of things, but that was yeah. about it as far as as being an an industry child. That's funny. I did community youth theater with a bunch of people who ended up being famous, but like, it was awesome. Yeah, like it did was it with Chris Evans, York? Captain America. No, it was in yeah. Massachusetts, where I grew up. You yeah. Grew up, so do you have an original Boston accent? No, um, but like the next town over does. Like outside Boston, it's very socioeconomically divided in terms of accents. Oh, so like, I'm from Carlisle, but we say Carlisle, not Carlisle. fancy. It's, I mean, it's mostly like cows, right? So it's okay. fancy and it's <laughs> expensive. Really nice but like cows. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then I went to school in Concord, of like <clears throat> the, you know, revolution you may have heard of. But like there's Concord and then there's West Concord. And some people from West Concord say West Concord, but nobody from Concord really says Concord. Mm-hmm. It's like very s- ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. So, and I, because I had you do a Boston. Yeah, a little bit of that. So that was yeah, easy, that was fun. Easy. I never get to do those because, like, 
Oh, it's I not Bernie. the sexiest accent. Okay, but it actually, well, for men, it for definitely ladies. is. Yeah, because I, yeah, I watched The Departed a couple of times a year, and I'm always like turned on. I'm like, why am I always so horny when I watch this movie? And, and I realized it was the accents. I mean, there's a lot of testosterone in that movie, too. But um, yeah. So, Teddy, talk about your time as a stand up comic a little more. Like, what was your stand up persona? What, what were your bits like? Uh, my bits, bits was usually uh, that's actually that's what I called it. I called it oh the old comedy bits. Yeah. Um, it, comedy bits I, with Teddy Hamilton. Yeah. Um, five. I was actually I did. It's funny I keep talking about my my on screen acting, but that was it was after my television show and like I was just kind of needing to do something, and so I started doing stand up. My friends started doing stand up and. Um, we would do shows at the comedy store. Yeah, everybody starts at the store. Everybody starts at the comedy store. <laughs> the Nappy Pro show was the one I was always a part of. Um, I would, I would, I always liked to try and play up, like say that I was a international movie star or, or an international <laughs> television star because, because like I had like Your these stories been, of yeah, it had been it had been you know I was I was getting like messages from tunisia like saying hey are you sam savage um or like <laughs> is that like, your tunisian <laughs> accent because i feel like it needs a little work uh you know what i've done my research on that so just, you know <laughs> why, don't you go, why don't you go look it up and i'll give you an a on it okay um, yeah i'd like that <laughs> but give then a minus and make I, me cry how do I, I was i was i was presented myself as an international superstar but then I would have like these sort of undercutting things where I'd be like, and if anybody wants an autograph, I'll be out in the parking lot <laughs> next to the 2008, you know, uh, Ford Bronco with one headlight. Out. Yep. <laughs> was, that was so it was always like a, I, I tried to pretend like I was a big deal while clearly re revealing all the information about why I was. So also being self-deprecating. That's good. Yeah. I, it's almost a little bit kind of what I did with owen's character as a yeah, model yeah, yeah. except you're probably a lot funnier um that's cool well did you i mean did you find it hard to write did you carry around a little joke notebook and yeah it was it was, it was horrible i was i hated it actually it's it's mm -hmm. a stand-up is is very hard to write for yeah. and in the early days i would have a i would have i would have like my you know my top my five good little bits that i was yeah. going to go for um but after a while, I just started telling stories like because I just was better yeah. at that. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. better at that. And I was still funny. And I would find that I would make people laugh more if I wasn't trying to tell jokes. And instead, I was just like telling a story and finding humor wherever I could kind of insert it. Um, and I think that maybe probably is a lot of stand up. But like Louis C.K. kind of uh, does it that way. He's a bit more. Yeah, I think like, so. Anecdotal. It was. Yeah, it was more like it was more like the point of what I'm telling you is I'm not setting up a joke here. I'm just telling mm -hmm. you an interesting story. But like while I'm telling the story, I'll make a joke about this and I'll make a joke about that and I'll make a joke about this. But um, but, but there's still a structure to it, though, right? That you have to kind of figure uh, out. That's that was where I think I stopped being a stand up comedian. <laughs> that, Theoretically, maybe. Was yeah. that You're yeah, just sure. a funny guy had on I, stage? Well, had I pursued it further, I probably could have tightened it up and made it good. But um I just, uh, I just liked to kind of wing it and just tell the stories. But I was, it was always enjoyable. People always liked it. It just wasn't something that I enjoyed very much. Well, that's too bad. Um, 
So, but I actually, I love hearing about jobs that actors had before they started acting full time. And I think you, you guys both had some interesting ones. And Teddy was telling me about the, the construction work, but I also, I remember hearing you say in another interview that you worked at the Griffith Observatory at some point. Cause I was, um, yeah, I was, you, I was, there was a period in time when I was both a ghost tour guide at the Queen Mary in Long Beach. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And a uh, theater tech at the Griffith Observatory. Um, so like, you know, they have this big Zeiss ball machine. That's their, their star projector in their planetarium show. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my, that's one of my favorite places in LA. So I was so excited to hear that you oh, worked there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I used to, I just used to be the, the theater tech who would run the show. So that I, I wasn't performing. Oh, so you, you were the one narrating it. I wasn't the one narrating it. I was okay. the one who was making the ball go up and down and make, making sure that all the, all the. Didn't you like rig lights and stuff too? Or was that something else? That's so. And what's, what's interesting is actually my job. My, then when I got into construction, it was with a company called LA Pro Point that actually had installed the Zeiss projector in at Griffith Observatory during their uh, renovation. Okay. Um, but so that's the kind of rigging that I would, I would do entertainment rigging and install animatronic things and anything hanging above people's heads. What kind of animatronics? Uh, at Harry Potter Land in Universal Studios. Oh, I remember you telling me this, and but I didn't remember, like, and you were really like offended. Jillian, <laughs> no, but there's like a bajillion little owls everywhere all over that place and they all move and hoot and stuff like that but it's all, that the, was you. all those but places. so did you have to be trained to do that is there like an internship program or you just trained you're just really good what? at hanging like legally? shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh, yeah, i was mean, never i wasn't i didn't start off as as the person in charge you know i started off as just the guy who would like hand hand the things off you know they'd be up they'd be up in the rafters you know installing something that's say, yeah, go a give best me a boy yeah sort of i was it was kind <laughs> of that very kind of best guy. boy of all and i did that for a long time but some but then you know you learn a thing or two you pit, start picking up and they they for a, my favorite part actually was the heavy machinery is that for a while they just needed somebody to run the like the forklifts and things like that and i was oh like i was like that it was fun uh, every every boy's dream um <laughs> it is it's fun it's super cool so but back to the planetary i so i wrote a couple of planetarium scenes into troublemaker which zach narrated and when i was researching the shows there i think i saw that your sister was in the credits for one yeah. of them did you know that so was she part of like she did the narration for one of the like movie presentation things yeah no she she's she's a prison uh she does it at the she still does it at the Griffith Observatory. Oh, she does. So she's there in the room. If you like going there, it's it's the it's likely you've actually probably had her perform for you. Wow. Yeah, no, she's That's really amazing. good. And so she does, I think I think she does all the shows. There's like there's they always sort of change the shows and they always have new shows, but she's been doing it for a very long time and That's so cool. She's very good. Yeah, there's, there's also a time when like me and my sister were working together. Was, I would be At running the show. She would be performing. Oh, that's so yeah. great! Oh, I love that. And so now, Emma, I've you worked with dogs? Yeah, I was a professional dog trainer um, for like 15 years in New so York how City. Does, I, how does that happen? Well, I, when I moved here, I adopted a dog, but I was like an idiot <laughs> and way too young sure. and totally irresponsible. 
Um, and so I, I got this wonderful dog who'd been um, found up, found as a stray in Bushwick in Brooklyn and had been super beat up and had puppies and then kicked out. And she was like the dog <laughs> of my heart. Like she's yeah. amazing, but she was super aggressive with other dogs. So I found a trainer to help me. And then I just got really into it. Uh, like, she, like really aggressive. Like she sent a bunch of dogs to the vet. Oh, like wow. she was really, really, it was a, a problem that had to be addressed. Um, and so I just got into it and then I apprenticed to that trainer for three years. And then I, and then I worked for her and that was my day job. I did that apprenticeship while I was at Acton Conservatory. Oh, okay. And then after that, I was just a trainer. And so I'd go around to people's houses in New York, like a lot of celebrities, like, you know, New York, uh, is full of, um, very wealthy people who elite have yeah. dogs with problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so you would go to their house and hopefully work with them and help them change their relationship with the dog, but sometimes just pick the dog up from the housekeeper, take it out, work on the problem and drop it back off. Yeah. So super physical and tiring and sometimes fun, but I am, I am, I kind of like burnt out on it. It's a lot of feelings and not being able to solve serious problems, but also wow. cute puppies. It's a real mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you were working with actors and dogs. <laughs> you had to make a choice. Yeah. It's, it's got to be either actors or dogs. And yeah. like... I was also doing a lot of SAT tutoring and oh college God. applications right, prep and college essay writing, because as we know, that's my strong suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to yeah. say, did you get an A plus at the dog training? Um, <laughs> You don't grade dog behavior like that, Andrew. It's not really helpful. It's really about progress. Like, is but this did the dogs like was? you? That's that's how you sure. Graded. I mean, most of them, <laughs> but also a lot of them. I was coming because they had some problem. Like, I got yeah. bit a lot of times. Oh my god! But you went to like you went to famous people's like condos in Manhattan. Yeah, like townhouses and apartments. Yeah. Would yeah. you? And so like, cause I, whenever I, ever, whenever I think about living in Manhattan, I always think it's like, and then you have, you know, a 700 square foot thing and that's $3 million or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, like I was in Giselle Boonchen's house. Oh my gosh. She's so cute. Like I've been in a lot of really nice houses. Yeah. Um, but even, yes, there, there are a few, um, park Avenue, like upper east side mansions where i was like this is a fucking mansion <laughs> but a lot of them where you're like i know this costs like 25 million dollars but it's really just like a big apartment yeah and, <laughs> of, course, and of course the dog is is sad being there there's no well, like where's yeah. the where's the open field for it to go running and i mean so you you could a dog can have a wonderful life in an apartment but i remember one mansion in particular where like the dog had its own room and that's where it yeah. lived and like, what could be sadder than a yeah. dog who's just like in its room all day? Yeah. There are so many parks in Manhattan, though. That's one surprising, yeah. wonderful thing. Yeah. It's very dog are, friendly. I mean. It is. We ask a lot of dogs in a city, right, though. Yeah. They have to get along with everyone, not be afraid of anything, not be, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. And then to be able to be off leash in one of those parks with like, who knows, running up <clears> to you. I'm, I'm like so like I just I feel like I've so uh not not to I feel like P, to use PTSD as like a joke is like not cool for people who actually have PTSD but like right. I feel like I have sort of like like whenever I see 
things on the street, I'm like, oh, all I see is red flags and like impending bites. And I'm like, I can't even look at it. Like, I can't even look at the situation. And other people are like, oh, the dogs are saying hi. And I'm like, but look at his ears. Like, look at his, we got to go. I can't do Like, let's turn around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just like, there I'm be so battle scarred that all I see <laughs> is problems now. Well, I do love that about you. And that's why I, I had Frankie think about getting a job with homeless dogs is <laughs> like, yeah, she probably but don't pay very well. She, but... Her, but her point is great. Really. Like, she doesn't want to deal with the people like yeah. just the dogs. Just the dogs. And that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's what I want. I'm like, I would, I would love to rescue dogs, but I don't want to have to find them new homes with people and then manage yeah. those people's expectations about who the dog can be. And is this going to work? Out? Like yeah. just the dogs, please. It's, it's, it wasn't <laughs> the dog bites. That was the problem. It was their owners. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard. It's like being a social worker for kids where you're like, yeah. how do I help you be better at this when you may have no interest? No, the bites are fine. You heal up. Right. It's no big deal. Um, so, Teddy, I've never talked to anyone who went to clown school before. What on earth was that like? <laughs> no, clown school's the best. Clown school but is go on. The, heart of any so? kind of, at the heart of any kind of comedy is clown. That's... <sighs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> Don't you sigh. But also, that's a perfect. That was a perfect clown response, to be honest. Um, yeah, just like oh god, it's like uh, it's sort of a, it's sort of an ex- one of those things where like you you're sort of relooking at everything from from a new perspective with new eyes and things like that. And so it's that's the general way that the clown looks. And then how does it make you feel? Does it make you angry? Does it make you scared? Does it make you you know, um, happy, whatever. Um, okay. I really enjoyed clown a lot. I wasn't like, I didn't go to like a clown school where like everybody's walking around honking horns and writing. Oh, that's stuff. disappointing. I, I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> he went to a clown master's program, but it was on <laughs> Well, the guy, actually the guy, Orlando Pavatoy, who was my, my sorry, first. What was his name? Teacher, Orlando Pavatoy. Uh, ah. He well, sounds he was, like a clown. Well, he was my first teacher and he ended up going off to NYU where they like created an entire department just for him. Like they were like, wow. you, you make whatever oh you want to make. And he was like, okay. And then he like made his own department just like the way that he wanted to make it. And oh, wow. he, he created a, a program that had like music and dance and movement and uh, including acting and comedy and clown and all this kind of stuff. So it was sort of a total theater type of um, thing, but that's sort of how clown is. When, when it's clown, you sort of have to have shows that you okay, put Okay, so you're you're saying clown at, like as a verb and a noun, and it's just uh-huh. like an all-encompassing. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what clowns do, Kaylee. That's what they'll be like. They'll be like, so, like, I had to take clown classes too, and I hated Me them, too. which like shouldn't come as a huge surprise because I'm you know, sort of like a control it, it freak. It makes perfect sense because, because yeah. I had to like, I had a time when one of, I had this other teacher who was trying to get us to like do something with like an imaginary ball. I forget what it was, but the whole class was like so frustrated because he wasn't giving any instructions. And so it sort of like instructions. Yeah. But because you want to like, you want to, yeah, right. Yeah. You want to get the A. Um, but there was this sort of, and I remember I sort of had to like walk him through my questions and be like, so, I'm going to take this quote unquote ball and I'm going to receive it 
from from whoever gives it to me and then i'm going to do something with it and the thing that i do can be anything i want it to be and then whatever i send has to then 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 the next person has to take it the way that i just turned it into is that what you're asking us to do (laughs) he's like yes sure yeah and then they'll all be like you have to find your clown like you have to find your clown kaylee like where did you find your clown like find her what's her name what does she wear like i didn't i was like i don't know she's not here i'm not doing this (laughs) she's at the library right she she got the fuck out of here she wasn't you're hermione you're (laughs) but like like also that then that's the clown too though but that's your that's your clown your clown is is like this is so stupid it's the fact that you're not accepting your inner clown that's the clown yeah, yeah. There, there was this whole this warm up exercise they would make us do where they would say where you just like walk around the room and just like when you find something walk up to it and say what is that? I don't know what that is and then you either said that's really funny that's very scary or I don't like that oh and God. what you're essentially doing is you're saying that you would be the person who you would be I the clown like who would that. go what is that I don't, like I don't know what that is I don't like that <laughs> yeah um I'll say one thing and I'm not going to go into it further because it's just like still too sensitive. She wants, but she wants over with this clown conversation. My ex-boyfriend's father was a professional clown oh my God. for his whole life who came and performed yeah. at his school. And then that's how I met him too. And oh. uh, that was a lot. Like a party clown or what kind of a clown? Um, no, no. <clears throat> more like a, a clown in this, in the, Bill Irwin tradition, yeah, but Irwin. yeah, oh, beautiful. That's but he wonderful. did wear a nose sometimes. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. I have yeah. a nose. Well, I, I think one. yeah. Anyone in like oral fixation has seen your nose when you were at uh, at one of those Vegas things, right? Oh yeah, because oh, you yeah. dressed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were, yeah when I, I was uh, that was your was clown. I, I was. I you, was were, Captain you were Captain Marvel. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sexy. So, what was your clown name, Teddy? Marvin. Marvin the clown. My cl- my clown was an was an old man because it was easier oh. for me because I'm not quick, and so and so it was quick? easier to be kind of doddering. Because okay. <laughs> I'm always lying down. Yeah, I just barely right. got up. Um, no, but it was. It was Marvin was just an old man because I, I I think it was always nice. He was always a really, really super nice old man who like who like if anything bad happened to him, if he like came across some kind of punk who would do something mean to him, play some kind of trick on him. He would like assume that it was really funny and like he just didn't get it or something. You know, it was like one of those kinds of. Oh, Marvin. Yeah, he was lovely. We did it. We did a whole show once where Marvin dies at the end and like it sounds like an indie movie oh, yeah the, was, the title a, marvin dies at yeah, the end marvin yeah. dies at the end no but it was a beautiful show where they were trying to sort of find a specific type of laughter and so they went through the all the clowns went through all of these different various explorations of like the scary laugh the mean laugh the like yeah. happy laugh the silly laugh all these different things but in order to find that beautiful laugh they had to experience, you know, a really bad tragedy. Oh and so Marvin dies in it. And then in the course of oh coming to terms with the fact that they've lost something so beautiful, then they actually find that beautiful laugh. The beautiful oh. laugh. 
I love that. I love the beautiful laugh. But it also, a lot of it just sounds like um, improv. It's just a different word for it, right? I mean, you don't sort of, yeah. 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 There's like no talking, right? Well, but we'll audition. I mean, we'll rehearse rehearse it though, too. There's, there'll be some improv. There's talking sometimes. There's, there's definitely talking. Um, It depends on what it's, it's just that there's not, there's no rules. There's no rules on it. Um, like I would talk all the time. Um, but that's just cause I, I would want to talk. Um, but, but you can easier have... to talk, right? It must be a lot harder to, I think it's, I think it is, it is easier to talk in the sense that if you, if you're only going to be physical, then you have to be very specific. Right. Yeah. And that's fine. But then you just need more rehearsal. You need more rehearsal and you need to plan it out. But so it's like, I think if you only have uh, you know, a couple weeks of rehearsal, then the talking helps fill in some of the gaps that otherwise you would be able right. that you would then need more time to like figure out how to fill in just physically. But like we also there was in one of the shows that we did, there was a there was a whole love story that took place between two clowns that was just some of the clowns sang a song while then there was like a whole physical dance thing that happened between the, the clowns and that was what the, most people said that it one, yeah it was like one of their favorite parts of the show so like like we were singing but the show that they were watching was the two people who were right falling in love well i was actually going to ask uh is there a sexy clown because <laughs> you guys have now found your sexy clowns i don't know if you actually <laughs> yeah. look at it that way i but. think there needs to be I haven't done clown in a while though, but I think probably if I went back, there would have to be a teddy clown. You haven't done a clown. Oh god! You dip your clown stick back in. Well, we almost did. Anything you know, we were based. we were talking to a theater company that that was approaching us to do a clown show for them, and they wanted us to do, uh, uh, who's the, god damn it, who's the guy who goes down? Orpheus. Orpheus. I remember you telling me about? Yeah, this. I talked to yeah. you about. It. Um, but, but that didn't happen, had, right? Well, because COVID, COVID happened, oh, right. we, we couldn't, the whole thing got canceled. But um, but when we were preparing it, I definitely found myself seeing a lot more opportunities for like deep sexual humor um, <laughs> than I ever did before. The that muscle brain. is real strong. Yeah. That muscle, yeah. very strong. <laughs> very I, strong. So I actually wanted to, so Emma, you said that you kind of started doing the steamy romance novels right around when you started narrating but you teddy i mean before there was teddy you were narrating other kinds of books right yeah yeah i mean not that long i think within the first year like the first the first instance of teddy was either the lockpick pornography which was a super great (laughs) subversive kind of uh male male romance but not but not really it was a it wasn't a romance because it wasn't about two people who were falling in love and Mm -hmm. then like you know coming to terms it was like two people who were just like watching the world burn because the world was such a shitty place kind of thing it was like it was really great i loved it it was hilarious they would do things like break into parties and like trick guys into letting them give them blowjobs when they were pretending like 
you know, being that's, a fat. That's stupid. adorable. I don't like that. I don't like that. What is that? I don't like it. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that is. I don't like it. Yeah, no. The it's, rules clown is a fat. It was a, it was a, it was an angry book, but it was really funny. And yeah. um, like, I mean, they, they, at some point they kidnap a child or something like that. That's it's also not, hilarious. No, it's yeah. not a, so it's not a like, yeah. It's so a you're black not comedy. To, okay. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to like it. Um, but also, so there was, there was that one. And then also there was uh, Lady Gaga's friend wrote some book that was about. Um, what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's the only thing I remember is that it was like the writer Celia Tan was was somehow connected oh, okay. with Lady Gaga somehow, but um, she wrote this Darren's Guitar Chronicles, which was a three part sort of epic story about this kid's coming of age in like the eighties, like during during sort of rock, living sort of that a rock cool. rocker style, and also coming to terms with his own homosexuality and like both good. of those were the early. The early Teddy books that. Well, so what I was wondering though, like, do you guys remember the first time you had to narrate a sex scene, and how did that go for you? And did it take you very long to like figure this shit out? Because there, it is there is an art to what you do. I, I would just to to follow up on what I'm saying is like that that lockpick pornography was was such a sort of a rock star like just go for it like manic kind of read that it all that all of the like the recordings of talking about sucking dick and like you know all this stuff what came from such a place of like unapologetic anything that any kind of hang-ups I might have had about about just like talking about sex and you know the, yeah. this graphic descriptions of of body parts like was immediately demolished by that book, I think. Okay, but there's like talking about sex and then there's narrating a sex, like I'm sure, I don't know, was was uh, the Serena Bowen book one of your earlier ones? Like surely there's a difference between like a raunchy black comedy and then something that actually is a love story. Where like intimacy, do you mean? Yeah, I do, or do you mean, mean like, like intimacy? P in V action. I mean, I'm honestly, you literally used a term that I thought I was the only idiot who uses that term <laughs> in romance. <laughs> I tell people I'm writing the P and V scene today, so <laughs> don't talk to me. But um, okay, we share a brain. I, mean, I love it. I would, um, I'm talking I about the P and V intimacy and like how to, because you have to, I mean, you read it in a specific way. I would just, I would say, we we had both been acting for a long time before so like yeah. we'd both i assume you had teddy like done a bunch of stuff with real people on stage already oh, so yeah. just yeah, yeah. doing it out loud is like jump change <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah. like i've been yeah. naked like yeah like like i remember i did a production of spring awakening in college where i was like uh-huh. in my bra and underwear yeah. dancing while some guy pretended to jerk off right in front of me and like my parents were in the first row of the audience like I I was like oh reading a sex scene out loud like bring it on <laughs> like, that is sort of the point of what they train you in acting is like yeah. to, to be totally open okay. in all these things so yeah. yeah I mean like and like you'll hear stories every once in a while about people who will be like 
I refuse to do this part because it has cuss words in it. And you go like, uh-huh. okay, go back to community theater in your small town somewhere. Yeah. Um, right. Because if you're going to be an actor, like you're going to have to do a lot of, like you're going to have to play dead hookers on Law and Order if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, yeah, you kind of have to, uh, of course you have lines where you're like, I don't want to put my body and my voice into this particular story because I don't think it like makes the world better like I don't I don't want to be involved in telling that story but in terms of like going for it in sort of like either embarrassing or vulnerable or like uh, any of those things I feel like once once you're acting professionally like you're over it you know Um, to me that the tricky thing about narrating sex scenes is more like, sorry, I'm like so breathing really hard because it's really hot in here. It's like uh-huh. my whole glass door, sex. it's really hot in here. The glass door of my booth is all steamed up. That's Sexy how hot it girl. is. Yeah. But I would say it's like the, like, if you sound like you're too into it, like it's disgusting. Do you know what I mean? But like, right. if you sound like you're not into it at all, people are like, wait, is she even having sex? <laughs> like, like you, it's a fine line between like telling the story and like sounding like you're, yeah in the middle of something that other people like kind of want to be like, I guess I'll just give her a minute. And check back in. When I describe this to people who don't do narrating, I say, it's like the action scene. It's just the action scenes. Like if, if you yeah. were, if I was reading a sci-fi novel yeah, yeah. and there was then, you know, there was like a nice little moment between these two people. There was some character development in these people this, this time. And then the aliens attacked and there was a whole section that was devoted to laser right. fights and, and you're shooting. running and you're shooting and you're running yeah. and shooting. And it's, it's the same thing. It's just, it's just a different. Okay. But Teddy, I have to say, so I, I, I've now had like five different male narrators uh-huh. doing my, um, my audiobooks, and you all have, your own way of reading the sex scenes, which is why I ask, and you, <laughs> of all of these narrators, you're not the first often, person to tell me this. You very often sound like you're actually having sex sometimes, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's so hot. It's but... an action scene. <laughs> that literally is. <laughs> well, do you think that's because some people are just sort of like reading it a little more bored, and well, he's yeah. like, like doing it? Report. They report on what's happening. Yeah, Zach. Zach, Zach has is super a, cool. He has more distance from the material. I would say yeah, at certain yeah. times. Jason is very passionate. Connor's kind of like a cross between Jason and Zach. Shane. <laughs> Shane sounds like he's being punched a lot of the time. <laughs> In a really sexy way. Um, sexy way. But Teddy, yeah, like Teddy, you're very good at it. So it's. Um, you want to know what it is? I do. You I, what my, what obviously, my, I do. What's, what my, my, what's the no, secret don't tell Teddy us. sauce? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the secret Teddy sauce. Uh, it's the it's the come down afterwards. Yeah, that's the, that's the key. In my personal opinion, it's the cuddle afterwards. See, that's actually my favorite scene to write is the postcoital chapter. Yeah. But no, I mean, I'm talking about during the sex scene, during the P and V scene, when the That's P is taken out of the V and then they and then they go. Ugh. Yeah. Like and, and they're exhausted. Yeah. But they survived. Yeah. Right. That's the, it's the same thing that you would do in, a, in an action time. scene is they is like the last guy's dead. You've they've survived and they get to like take stock of like, do, okay. do you know, is everybody here? Is everybody alive? All it's right. sort of the same thing with the sex scene, which is. Doesn't sound that sexy now that you're talking about it. 
It's and, the pulling right. out that counts. It's the pulling out. No, we get the, all of the alien eggs. Are there yeah. any still hidden in? The, are there any still in the hold? I think we got them. That's I always like that because it it makes actually the action part more real. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You see? No, no, you no. Have figured this shit out though. There is yeah. there is a key to it. But there is also, I mean, you guys do have the romance narrator voice that's a little bit different from when you're narrating other books, right? I mean, it's definitely different from like just your regular speaking. I don't I've know about people say Emma, that to but... me. I've had people say, "Don't use your Teddy voice," but in my mind, I just I read whatever this. Yeah, I think because I if you too. were to hold if you were to hold this book up to Sleeper, it's going to sound a little different. Do you know? Because the characters are the character. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and. If you were to hold this book up to some other Andrew Iden book that is about a man, you know, in his like, you know, mid mid 20s to early 30s, who's like, you know, involved in some kind of thing, it's going to sound exactly the same. But if you're going to tell a story about, you know, different ages and it's like. a Yeah, well, but if you're doing like Frozen or The Bad Sea, that's a little bit different. I think you're going to read the you're going to read the book that you're reading. I think that's the same for me too, because it's really character dependent. Like if I'm playing like a 19 year old, who's like really unsure of herself, like I'm going to sound different than if I'm playing like a 40 year old, who's like, get out of my office. Do you know what I mean? Um, And I think that carries over into those two people having sex are going to sound different, but on some level, everyone having sex is going to sound like me having sex. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do end up in struggles sometimes because like, I want to give, you know, in this book, it's about a like 30 something man who's a high powered lawyer who lives, who has a million dollars and lives in a fancy estate in Just New York. Just one million? And then no, this other book enough. is about a high powered business executive who's a millionaire <laughs> who lives in a in a nice estate in New York and yeah. drives a fancy car. And this other book, you know, and so there's a lot of, because of the form uh, they're sort of, of stock types romance there's, yeah. there's a lot of stock types and so i think in that sense then that develops like a oh well there's an emma voice and a teddy voice well there's there's a there's a romance yeah yeah there's a teddy stock character that he gets cast as all the time so it's sort of right that's i think well, one, one thing i really loved about this book kaylee sorry did you i'm sorry i interrupted you no i like what you're saying i hear what you're saying oh. i agree with it Oh yeah, you're on the same page. One that I really liked about this book that I didn't, that I felt like for the for the sex parts, I wasn't gonna make a joke of them, but for some other scenes, like I could sound like ridiculous and not sexy. Oh <laughs> and yeah. There's some books where I feel like I have to sound like beautiful and sexy and interesting all the time and sort of lighten it up and kind of like right. continue to be wantable in every scene and every situation. And in this one, I love that I could just kind of like sound more like myself sometimes, you know, like just like my in my real life, like my voice right. doesn't sound the same all the time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, I, sometimes I'm trying to sound sexy because I'm trying to be like I'm in that headspace and doing something. And then the other times I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, like it's not I'm not just one thing. And I felt like this gave me opportunities to kind of play around with a much bigger range vocally than me. Yeah. So. yeah. I think that's, that's sort of the beauty of comedy and what you capture really, really well, Kaylee, is that when you do comedy, you have to be okay with being ugly. 
Yes. You have yeah. to be okay with it. And if and if you're stuck in a position of of always having to be sexy, always having to be handsome, always having right. to be uh, beautiful, then there's not a lot of room for comedy. But when when you're working on a book like this, where there's comedy out there, wazoo, and you're talking about sharding, then like. It, <laughs> You know what I mean? You 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 get to just have fun with it and yeah. show all of your sides, which then for the audience, yeah. they get to see yeah. all, all these different and, and you get to be funny as opposed to just the joke being like, oh, I'm so clumsy. I just keep dropping things because I'm so scatterbrained. <laughs> like yes, in that. some in some comedy, it's like like I'm beautiful all the time, but sometimes I'm I trip. But sometimes I drop <laughs> things. <yeah. laughs> right. Um, which is those books can be great, but as a performer, there's not a room, a lot of room to stretch there, you know? Yeah. And I felt like this let me stretch out more, which I loved. Yeah, you had to stretch a lot. <laughs> it <This laughs> like a lot. But um, so, so I wrote a little one-page text convo bonus scene for Frankie yeah. and Owen last night. Do you guys have time to read it for us? Totally. I certainly do. Do you have it? <clears throat> so... So this is like a bonus epilogue for Funny Business, basically, because it, it is after they've gotten together. Spoiler alert, they have an HEA. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's a lot of text convos in this book, as there are in many of my books. But uh, but I think that's the only setup we need. Frankie and Owen. We're going to do a roll record on this, yeah? I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, let's open record. And then when you fuck up, you can just edit it out later. You can right. clown record it. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Gotta do okay. your 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 warm up. Remember the money. Remember the money. Remember the money. Remember the money. A big black bug with a big black bear. Okay. <clears throat> right, I think we've we've milked that. <laughs> Owen, I can't stop thinking about your love box and all the lunch meat I'm going to stuff it with when we get home. Frankie. This is a wildly inappropriate text conversation for an unbearably long and boring meet the teacher night. Please continue. What type of lunch meat will you be stuffing my love box with this evening? Baloney. Thumbs down emoji. Obviously a three pound hard salami. It's the only kind of cooter sandwich I serve and I serve it with a nice cold beer because it's the cure for all that ails you. OMG, why do you have to overwrite all your jokes? Because I like you the way I like my meat sauce, aggressively spicy. BTW, did you know that the world's longest salami sausage was over 137 feet long? It was in Argentina, before they ate it. It took 60 people a month to pick that meat. Stay focused, Hogan. But it is so cute that you know that. Did you read a bit about it? Yes, it's in my meat stick notes file on my phone. No meat packing jokes, please. Speaking of meat packing, oops, never mind. I can't wait to be impaled by your fermented air dried pork product later. Fuck, babe. I know you were trying to be funny, but that sounded so hot to me. You want to get out of here? You want to sneak out of your son's fourth grade meet the teacher night so you can stuff your meat into my love box? That is wildly inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> 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 so 
guys. Yeah, you got it. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. See, there's a special voice that you don't yeah. tell that, you. I feel like that's my joke. Like that's sometimes the, that really comes out, but more often. That's the sexy clown I'm, voice. That's my joke. Yeah, that's my sexy clown. Um, well, I love talking to you guys. Is there anything that you want to talk about that you have coming up or anything? Or you guys never really know what you can talk about. Kids? Um, so so Emma, I have these problems with my cat. He's got this oh, growth God. that's oh. starting to um, Oh no. Oh no! Oh, you're are, maybe, are, we'll, we'll, are you we'll kidding? We'll take this offline. No, I, I think he's kidding, but he does ask me questions about his cat. I love that. Oh, by the way, Teddy, I, I have to tell you this. I heard you talking about what you call your asshole cat on another podcast, and I, it was so great because you talked about what an asshole he is, and then you talked about how you make him cat furniture and you're planning on like making a cat climbing wall for him and i i use that for the plus ones when i wrote the plus ones for you i gave uh -huh. Ke keaton a dog that hated him and keaton's like this rich manhattan yeah. guy and he just buys him everything that he can afford to buy the dog and the dog fucking hates him <laughs> and so i yeah i got that from that was inspired that's by so you funny. Yeah, it's, you know that. what? That's funny because because there's times and like that's one of them where I go like, man, I'm having like deja vu here. My cats love me. And like yeah, I already gave one of them my old man who hated me for many years um, and sent me to the emergency room. He hated I me so much. Story. He sent my father to the emergency room. <gasps> but he's so. Yeah. Like he's bad news. Um, my cat made my two year old niece bleed. Oh, no. Yeah, my, uh, but I already gave him his subcutaneous fluids this morning while he purred, oh, and then I brushed my younger cat's teeth already because he has gum problems, and he need to brush mm -hmm. his teeth every day. You're a much better cat mom than me. I, I like never brush my cat's teeth, so they just fall out. It's just yeah, like, okay, okay. Get, that gets know. so expensive. <laughs> it's it like a thousand bucks a year for the rest of your cat's life on just taking out rotty teeth. Like and, I was like, and all I had to do was brush their teeth every day. <laughs> Maybe. You could have um, bought like a nice used car. Yeah. Yeah, when you put it that way. So, anyways, I you know, I do plan to write a Jetty book in the future, Teddy. I do plan on writing a book for you and Jacob Morgan, but I also want to have a Emma. A P and B book. A, a, a P and B. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. That's gonna be the logo. <laughs> for the series that I start now. It's just going to be a P&B stamp on the cover. But um, we'll be like, oh, peanut butter. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> PB and oh, God, what, is is what is the J stamp? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I also want to have Emma and Mackenzie in like featured roles as their female friends slash moms or something is there going to be, a, oh, gonna be that, that's so funny because that, that feels like my real life role too yeah exactly featured friend a, slash mom maybe there's a maybe there's a v and v book <laughs> with the emma and a v and v oh my god that sounds v and v. like v at v or something yeah, yeah. v and v is like Bumped someone has been cut into pieces that's like a <laughs> very different kind of book i don't think we want to do that i'm fine just keeping my v to myself and just giving uh, Ooh, so, okay speaking, speaking of keeping your v to yourself would you like to strum strum your uke do you want to <laughs> do you want to strum us out 
with your group? I don't know. My fingers are so pruney from being in this sweaty booth, but I don't I want do. to get you out of the booth now. I do have it here. <clears throat> it's yeah. I'm not good at changing between chords, <laughs> but I can play a bunch. See? So um, cute. But yeah, Jock thought she thinks I'm good at this, which is her mistake. But um, but I have I have been playing a little more because of this book. I like got oh, it I'm out. Oh, so glad. Because you know? that was such a thing in like the 2010s. It's like a, a cute girl on YouTube with her ukulele, and I actually I don't know if I said this before, but I actually emailed Emma when I first started writing the book. I was like, can you play the guitar or any other kind of instrument? Because I would like Frankie to do something and it was so it was, it was her idea to do to use the uke you know i didn't tell you this but you know what i really play is the alto saxophone Shut although up. i don't have one yeah i was in i was in you're also lisa simpson as well as <laughs> my um my middle school concert band my middle school and high school concert band was very serious like we toured japan uh, wow. and yeah i played the alto saxophone in I, a concert band it's so funny Emma, I just want to say that it's funny how similar we are because I used to uh, play the uh, alto. Yeah, that's not me myself. right now. That's Teddy playing his uke. Oh, I don't think I can actually. It's you can you can play as much as I can. You, you have did. a uke too. Yes, he does. Playing you guys, list. Teddy and Emma are strumming their ukes together on my show. Oh my god! <laughs> it sounds so out out of tune. Beautiful. You guys must be so fun at parties. <laughs> I think um, we I are pretty play, fun. I play the you know, saxophone gonna... too. You, you play the saxophone too? I played saxophone and then oh my, my, my teacher, I, I had an alto sax, but my teacher moved me to tenor because they needed a tenor saxophoner in the They were band. like, you're too big for the alto. And then I was part of a jazz band where I played the, the baritone sax and that was cool as Ooh. shit. Yeah. That's, that's, cool. that's the Lisa Simpson. That's how you get the ladies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jet, middle school jazz band. Totally how you get the ladies. <laughs> and I mean, playing the sax in your clown costume must have just slayed. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> my first, uh, it, I think it's weird that my first girlfriend was deaf. So it's sort <laughs> of. She was like, I appreciate you. Um, and you were like, well. Somebody does. <laughs> oh boy. Beautiful. Okay, yeah, we should, we should get, get a Emma duet going. Yeah. Like a okay. uke duet. But not I, right now. I will have you guys back practice. on multiple orgasms anytime for a little jam session. Okay. Sounds fun. <laughs> All right. Great. I love this. Thanks you guys so much. Go, go take a shower, Emma. Yeah. I, I just did before this, but I feel like I do need another. Um, <laughs> I texted Teddy pictures of my pruned fingers last night. Um, that's hot. That's the kind of sexting, yeah, that's going on over here. Uh, I was just going to say something. Oh, what I was going to say is thank you for this book. Thank you for this wonderful, hilarious book that was just such a pleasure to work on. Yeah. And I hope people appreciate all the dumb shit I did for you. It's honestly amazing. <laughs> and that I don't sound too stupid. No, no, it's it's honestly, I mean, you can tell that, I mean, I'm not saying this to praise myself, I'm saying this to praise you, but like, you can just tell that I wrote it for you. It was like just the perfect marriage of 
of a character and the performer. It's just, it's so good. That's wonderful. Thank yeah. you. But oh, and two, I have to say, Teddy, you, you're like extra flirty in this one, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a very, it's a very playful character. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there's yeah. just the banter is just top notch, but there's also a lot of internal monologuing that's, uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, the joke notebook um, stuff is really good. Yeah. Dude, I loved it. Okay. Well, this has been wonderful. And thank you. Hey, and thank you, Kaylee. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Good luck Bye. with all Bye. things. <laughs> Bye. Okay. And here is an exclusive clip from the audiobook for Funny Business by Kaylee Loring. The audiobook releases on Audible August 5th, and it is narrated by Teddy Hamilton and Emma Wilder, featuring Zachary Weber, Jason Clark, Mackenzie Cartwright, and Connor Grace. This is Chapter 9, which features a lot of Emma's amazing performance of Frankie Hogan's stand-up act. Chapter 9 Frankie Hogan's YouTube video, which Owen Brody can't stop watching. I love my parents. They're so sweet. My mother's from Australia, and my dad's a Kentucky boy who moved to Florida. So when I was a little kid in Tampa, I was very confused about how to speak English. Apparently, when I first started going to daycare, I was like, butter my butt and call me a biscuit. I'm starving. Can I get a Chucky Bicky after I go to the toilet? Fair dinkum, y'all. Can't say that I've gotten any less confused about how to speak English, but I've gotten a lot better at hiding my confusion. This is true about absolutely everything in life, by the way. I have literally no idea how to live like an adult most of the time, but I've gotten really good at acting like I know everything. My mother, on the other hand, knows exactly everything about how I should be doing things, like for my stand-up act, for instance. I don't know if people who grow up to be brain surgeons or astronauts always have people saying to them, oh, you know what you should do when you're operating on someone's brain? You should use toothpicks. Or, I had this hilarious thing happen to me the other day. You should use it the next time you go to the moon. But when you're a stand-up comic, you get a lot of people telling you about all the funny things you should be talking about in your act. And my mom has sent me approximately 9,000 emails filled with what she considers to be joke material. So I thought I'd share a small sample of some of my notes on her suggestions with you. Frankie pulls a little notebook out from her back pocket, opens it up, clears her throat, and starts speaking in her mother's Australian accent. You know how when you go to Starbucks to order coffee and they ask for your name to write on the cup? What if you told them your name was you asshole? Then, when your order is up, they'd have to call out Grande Blonde Vanilla Latte for you, asshole. How about a bit about laundry baskets? You know how no matter how big your laundry basket is, it always fills up faster than you can do the wash? Why can't my bank account keep refilling as fast as my laundry basket? Why is it that the laundry basket suddenly gets filled up again every time I ask your dad to fold his laundry and put it away? What did people used to use chairs for in their bedrooms before there were clothes that weren't dirty enough for the laundry basket and not clean enough for the closet? She doesn't get the laughs that she deserves from that bit, so she closes the notebook and returns it to her back pocket. 
She places the mic on the stand and picks up the ukulele from the stool next to her. Speaking of laundry, did any women here have a real orgasm when they were in high school? Can I see a show of hands? You, ma'am? And was it that hand that gave you the orgasm or another person? Yeah, that's what I thought. I, too, experienced exactly no orgasms while making out with guys in high school, but when I was 17, I had a boyfriend who was very sweet. We'll call him Justin. Because that was his name. He was my third Justin. This is a little song I wrote about Justin number three. She strums the ukulele a few times and then puts it down when she sings like Taylor Swift, sort of. so glad you tried so hard to make me feel good with your fingers while you kissed me most guys just squeezed my boobs but you you always tried to do that thing i'm just not sure what you were trying for but i appreciate the effort because you almost made me come once And I remember how every time you jizzed your pants You asked, did you come? And I was like, I think so, but I didn't But I'm still grateful anyway She strums the ukulele again That's it. That's the whole song. I'm Frankie Hogan. Thank you so much. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Teddy Hamilton and Emma Wilder. We're starting a little segment called Holla Back, where you, the listener, can write in to ask my guests questions, and we'll choose a couple of them and then have the guests answer them. Their answers will then be aired on the next episode. So if you have a question or two for narrators Teddy Hamilton and or Emma Wilder, you can email them to me at multipleergasmskaylee at gmail.com. I'm going to spell that for you. M-U-L-T-I-P-L-E-E-A-R-G-A-S-M-S-K-A-Y-L-E-Y at gmail.com. You can email these questions up until August 6th. 2021. And we'll have Teddy and Emma record their answers and then play them for you on the next episode. This is Mackenzie Cartwright, also known as the official voice of Kaylee Loring's Lady Parts. Multiple Eargasms with Kaylee Loring is produced by Elysian Nightfall Studios and The Audio Flow. To learn more about your host, you can visit www.kayleeloring.com. Thank you for eargasming.